Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents First Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of First Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, you may have seen uh, the information coming out of Wallet Hub just in the last week. Wallet Hub's a personal finance network, and it wanted to know the best and worst states for working moms. So it filled a survey using nine metrics across across three categories, and those would be work-life balance, child care, and professional opportunities, all things that working moms have to face and deal with. The survey looked at states with the best daycare systems, lowest child care costs, smallest gender pay gap, and you've got to keep in mind that right now, on average, women make only 77 cents on every dollar a man is paid. They also looked at the highest female-to-male executive ratio and several others. So in case you were not fortunate enough to read the results of this, I'll give it to you anyway. Oregon topped the list of states, followed by Washington, D.C., Vermont, Maine, and New York. At the very end of that state list is Louisiana. Uh, right above it, Mississippi, Wyoming, Idaho, and South Carolina, um, kind of in that descending order. Um, I'm in the state of Minnesota, and I'm proud to say Minnesota was 11th and achieved 8th among states when it comes to work-life balance. So I feel pretty good about my home state. Some of the things standing in mom's way, gender pay inequities, poor or non-existent maternity leave policies, limited access to affordable child care, the lack of flexible work hours. Um, So I thought it was interesting uh, to share this information with you just a few days after Mother's Day. Of course, hopefully you took some time out on Sunday and kissed your mom and thanked her for all the magnificent work she has done over the years. We certainly know she doesn't get paid anything for that. In the case of working moms, they don't get paid enough apparently. Um, So this is really relevant to uh, what we're going to be talking about when my guest um, shows up here in the next few minutes. We're going to be talking about exactly that. In the meantime, let's check out our purse profile today. It's the Reasonable Luxury Mom. Speaking of moms, these are women 35 to 45, married with kids under age 11 in the household. Um, household incomes anywhere between 75K and upwards of uh, six figures. These, these women do stay home. They are more of that... Um, full-time homemaker. There's over a million of these women out there. Uh, they did graduate from college, at least half of them did, um, and 
when it comes to why I call them reasonable luxury moms is they are struggling all the time with their desire to have luxury items and the role of being a mom. Um, they may spend lavishly on personal items, but in the end they end up having guilt and they feel kind of selfish about it. Um, so, you know, they prefer instead of spending on themselves to try to spend on the family, and that's where we see the bulk of their spending, whether it be on household items, cars, or vacations. Uh, a lot of this shopping is an escape, and retail environments do provide that sense of luxury and escape that um, does tend to get them out the door frequently. Um, their role of the mom is significant. Um, their kids have an impact on what they buy and where they buy. Um, they do shop around for the best price, always looking for special offers. And, you know, they are impacted by their friends. Um, their friends' opinion on stores influences where they shop. They do ask advice before buying, uh, for before buying new things. And they are swayed easily by others' opinions. Um, they also can be influenced by uh, people in the store and their, their knowledge and their customer intel. Uh, so be aware of that as well. Um, they will shop at favorite stores for the brands that they like and are comfortable with, and they do shop for brands first. So uh, what kind of brands are they looking for? Will they buy MAC, Clinique, L'Oreal, or Victoria's Secret, they're in Chanel, uh, Gap, Jake, crew, um, Eddie Bauer, Old Navy are all tops with these with these ladies. Um, they're driving Volvos and Hondas and Audis. Um, when it comes to their media choices, um, they're online at a lot of the places that you would expect, Disney and Amazon, uh, watching TV, Nickelodeon, Disney, also very big HGTV. Um, Grey's Anatomy continues to top the list. And I, I just heard they got renewed for another season. I think it's 12 years now they've been on the air. And then when it comes to magazines, um, you know, Family Fun, Good Housekeeping, Real Simple, Shape, and, and Parents are all um, big publications for these ladies. Well, as I promised, my guest today certainly knows a lot about work-life balance. And when it comes to women and work in, gen in general, um, it's, it's interesting. You may have heard of the Institute for Women's Policy Research. It really does great work in this area. And my guest is Ariane Hegovich. She's the study director at IWPR, has been there since 2008. And before that, she was actually a scholar in residence there. She came to IWPR from the Center for Work-Life Law at UC Hastings, and she's responsible for this organization's research on workplace discrimination and comparative human resource management. So um, I'm really excited to have her on. We're going to be talking about uh, some research that's come out around women and work and uh, many of the things that I was talking about a little bit earlier, so stick around. Ariane's going to join us after the break. First Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome to a radio show devoted to the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. Press this with the wizard of WordPress, Yoast Devok. Press this on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Ariane Hegovich. She is the study director at the Institute for Women's Policy Research, or better known as IWPR, where she's been since 2008. Uh, she's responsible for IWPR's research on workplace discrimination and is a specialist in comparative human resource management, and I'm thrilled to have her on the program today. Welcome, Ariane. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. Well, I'm excited to let everyone know about the Institute for Women's Policy Research. Please do tell us a little bit more about the organization and what you do there. Yeah, we are a research institute or otherwise known a think tank in Washington, D.C., and we work on issues that may improve the economic security of women and their families. Well, and I know we just kind of passed a pretty uh, big milestone, April 8th, with Equal Pay Day, and that's the day women catch up, if you will, to what men make annually. As I mentioned earlier, we're still making around 77 cents to every man's dollar. And while we've made great strides since entering the workforce back in the 70s, we still haven't caught up clearly. Um, What, in your expert opinion, is holding us back? That is an excellent question. First, I should say those that data, 70 cents on every man's dollar, um, only includes women who work full-time year-round. So it doesn't account for part-time work. It's only the people who, if you like, are most committed and most serious in, in the labor market. And really what explains it, it's a bit, a number of factors um, contribute. One is discrimination. And, um, you know, To our best knowledge, that accounts for about 40% of the gender wage gap, so it's quite a big chunk still of of money and of an impact, and it's discrimination both in getting um, paid less for similar work, but it's also in terms of not being recruited to the best jobs, not having a fair shot at promotion, so it it, um, really captures um, a number of issues. The other 
big part of the wage gap is that women and men often don't do the same work and we tend to pay work that's typically women's work less well than work that's typically men's work. So, you know, truck drivers earn more than childcare workers. Um, and really, we have moved, you know, we have made a lot of progress. Um, so the wage gap really has halved since um, 1960. But um, on the other hand, it's still there. You know, it's gotten it's stuck at 77 cents, has been stuck there for the last decade, hasn't really improved during the last 10 years, even though women are getting more degrees, they're more educated, they're picking up more experience in the, in the workplace. Um, so one of the issues that is really still holding us back is that the lack of work family supports that you mentioned in your mm -hmm. introduction. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a myriad of issues, aren't there, that need to be solved. Um, and what was interesting, and the reason that you're on, too, is I, I know you came out with a report fairly recently called The Gender Wage Gap by Occupation, Race, and Ethnicity. Uh, what was interesting about that is you looked at 112 total occupations and at the most common occupations for men and for women and analyzed how their pay was disparate, leaving uh, the median weekly earnings at or near poverty more often for women, which I just found fascinating. I mean, I, clearly you've articulated why some of that may be, and that's because in large part women's work isn't paid at the same level as traditional, quote-unquote, male work. So I'm curious, what were the occupations? Yeah, you know, what is even more concerning is that they typically are occupations that are going to grow over the next decade, so they're becoming mm. more common. Their occupations such as um, one of the biggest ones is nursing, psychiatric, and home health aides, so that's very much linked to um, working with the growing older population, mm -hmm. but um, it, and often that it's kind of work that is, classed as unskilled, but it can be pretty heavy. Um, it can be, um, you know, you do need skills. It can be dirty. So it's not just sitting around and twiddling your thumbs. And um, a year of work as a um, nursing, psychiatric, or home health aide will leave you officially classified as a household in poverty if you're a family of four. Other um, occupations, maids and housekeepers, personal care aides, another one very much linked to the um, changing demographic and the greater need for elder care. Um, cashiers is another one. So, you know, jobs in the service sector that are classified as low skills and um, are typically done by women. But And greatly needed. I think to your point, these are... Um, these are areas that are only going to grow in importance and need um, because we are, as you said, an aging population. Um, and I know now, I mean, we often talk about men being recruited into nursing. So it, it's just, it, it will not only dim, d uh, discriminate against women, but potentially could also discriminate, uh, I guess, with men entering in some of those as well. Um, of those 112 occupations where you had enough male 
and female workers to actually calculate a gender wage gap. And only three were women earning slightly more than men. So conversely, I'm interested in which of those occupations where women were actually doing better than men, and do we know why the earnings were higher? Yeah, you know, those occupations always fluctuate quite a bit from year to year. And this year, one of them are bakers, um, mm. where women make um, $524 per week and men $488. Exactly, ne neither of them particularly well paid. And I think um, you mentioned men before. One of the more depressing issues almost for me is that the wage gap in some of the lowest paid occupations is shrinking. You know, at the mm -hmm. bottom of the labor market, there's still more women than men, particularly in the lowest paid jobs, but um, the number of men is going up. So mm -hmm. their households, which find it hard to make money together or singularly any which way. But then the other occupation that's worth highlighting is it's a kind of mixed one. It's computer occupations, all others. So it's a rag bag of computer occupations um, that are not elsewhere classified. And both women and men make more than $1,000 um, per week. So it's a really well-paid occupation. It's one that, or occupations, that need um, university education. It's a STEM occupation. And I think what it's shows, I mean, women earn more than men, but it's not hugely more, so more or less it's equal. And in, in STEM occupations, um, it's interesting that women often um, earn close to, or you know, not often more, but the, the wage gap is lower. Uh, and I think it's partly these occupations are occupations that aren't that common for women, so you get the most dedicated women in them, but people also say that you know, the, the computing occupations have only been around for 30 years, really, um, have grown to prominence, really, in the last 20 years or so, and they are more modern industries where there isn't as much enshrined, enshrined discrimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of leads to my, this other question I had, is there are fewer women in male-dominated industries, as you said. Is there a concerted effort to recruit women into those fields and become competitive? I know I've seen a lot of work around STEM, especially in high school and even younger than high school, to try to stimulate girls to be interested in science-related Industries. Are you seeing that kind of work paying off at all? There, there are um, those efforts, and they tend to be more effective um, for girls who are going to university than for girls who maybe get an associate degree or, or certification. Um, and what happens, you can, it's really interesting. There are some fields where really, you know, the, the same proportion of women have been in those, the same low proportion for the last 30, 40 years. Um, civil engineering is one. Mechanical engineering mm -hmm. is another one. Um, but then there are other areas like um, biological engineering or chemical engineering where women's share has grown. And it's not, you know, what we think is going on is that you need a critical mass um, of about... 25 to 30% women, or if it's the other way around, probably 25 to 30% of men, um, 
to not feel kind of marginalized or, you know, excluded. Um, and it's not really, given that we've made those efforts, you know, people have tried, let's say, some people have tried to really address this, and there has been some change. But also what you get is, you know, girls now or young women get into MIT, into the really um, very selective science degrees, and quite a few of them might change after a few years. And mm -hmm. you think, hmm, why is this? And mm -hmm. if you dig down a little deeper, the culture hasn't really changed very much. Um, so same, you hear this sometimes from people who work with some um, IT uh, specialists, you know, computer programmers, um, software engineers, those type of profession. They say initially this was an occupation where there, you know, there were quite a few women. And over time, women going into this haven't kept pace with the number of men. So it's a non-traditional occupation again for women where women are officially mm -hmm. underrepresented. And people say, well, some, the, the culture in some of these jobs has gotten so nerdish you know, kind of, it's almost like you don't wash, you don't have any time <laughs> off, you kind right, of, you know, right. it's a very in culture. And fewer girls like this or feel welcome or have their own nerdish girl culture than boys. So um, they drop out. Where we have made hardly any progress, and those are well-paying jobs, are the kind of technical trade jobs, you know, electricians, carpenters, um, HVAC engineers, again, jobs which are predicted to grow, but girls are, or women are fewer than 5% of the workforce. And we, we just re recently did some research. There has been much less in schools to encourage um, young mm -hmm. women to go into those, and there still is quite a bit of discrimination on the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, all making it quite defeating for women who might be interested in it, you know, uh, but do, just don't see the support and aren't seeing role models in the field either. So kind of a double blow. Um, Ariane, mm -hmm. we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about what happens when you throw in ethnicity and mm -hmm. race and kind of what the statistics look like um, based on that. So stick around. More Purse Strings Returns in just a moment. Mm -hmm. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let 
Let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Exploring the latest trends and topics in e-commerce and affiliate marketing. Welcome to Affiliate Wire. On demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. I've been chatting today with Ariane Hegovich. She is the study director at the Institute for Women's Policy Research, otherwise known as IWPR. And we've been talking about a study that IWPR fielded not too terribly long ago around gender equalities, or in this case, inequalities, when it comes to various different um, different uh, occupations. And so we were talking about why there was that gap and in large part it could be that women's work, traditional women's work has been undervalued and underpaid and the, and the statistic that I found startling, uh, Ariane, was that 40% is based on discrimination, which is just amazing to me. Uh, those that had the, the largest gap were um, nursing, psychiatric work, healthcare aides, maids, housekeepers, um, and then there were just a couple of areas where women were earning just a little bit more than men, bakers and um, a general kind of um, bucket called um, computer computer or IT. Uh, but what's interesting to me is when you throw ethnicity and race into that mix, um, I'm curious what happens to overall wages and then what happens in general when you compare men and women um, based on ethnicity and race? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very good question. So firstly, you know, within all the major um, race and ethnic groups, um, men earn more than women. So it's the gender wage gap is pretty universal, although the, the size varies a bit, um, given that Hispanic men and black men also don't earn terribly much. But if you look at um, all women who work full-time, you know, the wage gap for Hispanic women compared to white men, they only make um, slightly over 60% um, per week that white men make. And for black women, um, it's um, less than 70%, um, so quite a bit more than the general gap. Uh, And this is partly a reflection of the lower likelihood to have 
um, college education. Um, you know, it partly reflects lower educational attainment. However, if you only look at men and women who got at least um, a bachelor degree, the wage gap doesn't disappear at all. Um, you know, it pays to get education for everybody, particularly if you're in the low-wage labor market because it's very hard to climb out without it. However, um, you know, if you do get education, um, it, the wage gap doesn't go away. Um, so, for example, um, black women make, you know, the wage gap between black women with a college degree is the same as the wage gap between um, all black women when you compare them to white men. And that's partly, again, partly it's discrimination who gets recruited to the highest paying firms. Partly it also is what um, majors you pick, where, you know, what you study when you do go to university. So, you know, um, black women, for example, are less likely to be in the highest paying fields like, you know, actuaries or accounting, those type of areas. That's really actually quite good news that, you know, there are areas, glimmers of hope, if you will, where we're seeing women of color um, having a strong, you know, engagement. Um, so I actually see that as a good thing. Um, I would say just in general, I think the overarching impact of this for me is that more women than men are falling into poverty. And as if we look at the statistics in general, I mean, more single women every year are having children, which means that if they're single, they're having to support their families on their own. If they're not making the numbers that men are, they're naturally going to be um, less equipped to raise those families and give them the things that they need to be successful in life. And in these cases, these numbers that we're talking about, we're talking about poverty levels. Um, so I'm curious if you're seeing this issue and kind of the larger ramifications of it from an economic um, standpoint nationally, do you feel like it's being dealt with seriously at the highest levels of government? Yes and no. I do <laughs> think it's I do think it's recognized and it's also recognized that, you know, that the poverty of um, single-headed households, of single-mother households, is a real issue because it holds back the women, it holds back their children. And, you know, there are many routes into um, becoming a single mother. You might never have married. You might get divorced. You know, there, it's, um, there are lots of different routes. But if you are a single mother and that that's, um, you know, you do need good supports. You need even more than if you're married mother, you need proper childcare, you need proper benefits, you need paid sick days, paid maternity leave, um, and single mothers are less likely to have access to those um, than married mothers, and of course they're less likely to have another income to draw on to pay for it in the market. So is that issue taken seriously enough at um, at um, government level? You know, it costs something to invest mm -hmm. in child care. For example, there's a plan to have, um, you know, the attempt to make um, pre-K universally available um, throughout all states. 
Um, here where I live in Washington, D.C., it's not a universal right, but, you know, pre-K is pretty much available. And it was fantastic when my child was young. You know, you just really mm-hmm. waited. Oh, he's getting to be three. Okay, at last he can go to school. At, we chunk a big, um, you know, we save a big chunk of money. And he got educated, you know, and, and does well um, in school further on. Lots of kids don't have access to pre-K. You know, Mm -hmm. childcare, as you mentioned in the outset, is very expensive. So it takes some investment. Something like paid family leave, it's actually Mm -hmm. the the, the research we have done. It doesn't cost employers on the whole to implement it, but it needs some will. um, And the will politically isn't there at the moment. So that's why I'm saying yes and no. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely hear you. And I wasn't, I wasn't suggesting you were wishy-washy or anything, but oh. <laughs> it is a complex problem, you know, and there isn't a single answer. And it will take, um, fortunately or unfortunately, a number of people um, to, to get it right. I mean, companies need to take responsibility. The government needs to take responsibility. Families need to take responsibility. I mean, it just, it's going to require... Uh, a number of organizations and entities to align on this in order for us to actually move the needle on it, in my opinion. Uh, but those of us who are looking at this and saying, well, what can we do? What, you know, a lot of these things are out of our control, but what can we do? And a lot of listeners today run their own companies or they're, they're decision makers within companies. What would you say to them about what they can do in their own workplaces to try to right size these inequities? Mm-hmm. I think you know, just at the basic level, one of the issues in terms of challenging discrimination is that there is so little transparency. So don't be coy about pay. If you do advertise a job, say what the range is. Don't let people guess. Don't, you know, don't kind of hope that you get people on the cheap because women might have faced discrimination before. So I think transparency, both as a decision maker um, but also, you know, if, with your colleagues and um, friends is, is one important small step. Um, I think, you know, one of the issues that we find difficult, um, if you are a decision maker, if you run your own company, there is, from the Chamber of Commerce, there's an enormous amount of suspicion against any kind of legislative improvement. All other high-income countries have paid maternity leave, um, paid family leave. A lot of them have paid sick days. And, you know, there's a lot of research to show that it actually helps the economy. But there's no movement on it. It's a kind of gut reaction that it must be bad. And it's difficult for individual companies to do this without support. Sometimes, you you, you know, you need the infrastructure, um, you need you know, social security to cover some of this, and then you can work on top of this as a company. So I think to work collectively on the employer's voice is also important. Um, You know, and for individual women to improve, I, I think companies are, a lot of companies are doing a lot to provide some informal flexibility um, and to help people, you know, whether they have kids or whether they want to go back to college or both to manage it. Um, what I think is important in those is to keep checking that you don't 
make, you know, that it isn't, okay, one supervisor is nice and gives it to you, and then the next person comes along and says, oh, no, I can't do this. So to, to give people help and structures so that they know how to organize work better. Um, mm-hmm. But also, so in other words, I think, you know, transparency is important, but also collectively to push that we finally get at least the minimal work family infrastructure that almost everywhere else in the world takes for granted. And it's true everywhere else in the world, which is very, <laughs> those those are key words, because as we look at ourselves comparatively across the world, there are many other countries that are much more sophisticated, and I've gotten quite a bit ahead of this situation. So um, that's something that, that we as a country, known for our leadership around the world, we're certainly not leaders in that area. So thank you for your, your words of advice on what we can do, uh, those of us who are interested in trying to rectify the situation. Um, and as always, thank you so much for all the great research that you're spearheading there to help uncover the issues facing uh, women today and the things that we can do to hopefully solve those problems. Um, Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for discussing these issues. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I do invite everyone to go to IWPR.org to learn more about the work being done there. And thank you to my producer, George, for another great show. And join me right here for another edition of Purse Rings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.